It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. We're in the Word this morning in John chapter number 6. You ever feel in your life that who you are or what you have is just ridiculously inadequate for what God uh, wants to do with your life? Maybe you have this sense that God is leading you to do something, or maybe it's just a desire that you have and you'd want to kind of step out into this new vista, this new frontier of serving the Lord. But who you are, your experience, your personality, your giftedness, and what you have, your possessions, your time, just feels entirely inadequate for that. And so you just give up on it. You just turn away from it. Well, in our devotion this morning, I believe we're going to find great encouragement from the Lord about how he will give us his adequacies for our inadequacies. Over in John chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. It says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, a high elevated place, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and he saw a great company come to him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth, two hundred denarii of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here, and he has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets, with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above to them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracles that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. So Jesus here crosses over the Sea of Galilee to the other side, and it says he came to a mountain or a raised area. That would be an area we would know today as the Golan Heights. And it's right across the Sea of Galilee. It's a very elevated area right there on the border of Syria. And so he comes to this place. There's these great multitudes follow him, following him. And he does this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Now it says here there was 5,000 men. And over in Matthew's gospel, it says, beside women and children. So it's been estimated there could have been 10 to 20,000 people here because the word used for 5,000 men is the word just for man or masculine. Some have surmised that maybe it was just men. It's kind of like a men's retreat, but that doesn't seem plausible in the narrative. But it's interesting because this miracle of feeding the 5,000 is included in all four of the gospels. And the only other event that's included in all four Gospels is the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. 
So this is a miracle that is of pretty important note that it is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. And, you know, as much as it's a miracle of feeding the 5,000 um, so that they would believe in Jesus, and by the way, they did, because down in verse 14, it says, of a truth, he's the prophet that should come into the world. So this miracle produced faith in these people which was the goal in the first place, right? Because in John 20, 31, it tells us that's the reason for the Gospel of John. It says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you might have life through his name. So this miracle takes place. Faith enters into these hearts, which is the expectation of what John's Gospel is all about. But you know what? As much as it's about bringing people to faith in Christ, it's really also a teaching moment of faith for Philip and the other followers of Jesus Christ. Because it says here in verse 6, he says to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? At the end of verse 5. But then it says this in verse 6. This he said to prove him, because it says, For he himself knew what he would do. Now that's an interesting truth. Jesus knew exactly what he was about to do. And by the way, Jesus always knows what he's about to do. But he was taking this moment of his, let's say, his sovereign work to do a very, very meaningful work in the life of Philip as well. It says he wanted to prove him. He wanted to test him. Now, God never uses sin to test us because we're told over in James chapter 1, let no man say when he's tempted that he's tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither does he tempt any man. So James tells us that God never uses sin to tempt us, um, but in the sense of trying our faith, man, God never uses sin to test us, but God will definitely use our circumstances to test us. He'll use our weaknesses, he'll use our inadequacies, um, man, he'll use our faults, he'll use so many things, why? Because God wants our hope and our trust not to be in our own abilities, but in his ability. And so he never uses sin to test us, but he will always use our circumstances really to take us to higher elevations of faith and service. So you come down in the story and in verse 7, Philip says to him, he says, you know, 200 penny worth of bread or 200 denarii, that's not enough. That wouldn't even be enough. Well, let's put that in perspective. A denarii was a day's wage. So what he's saying, it would take over a half a year's salary to be able to feed this many people. And, and yet we're out here and we don't have anything. And so that's a pretty remarkable obstacle that needs to be overcome here. And um, 5,000 men plus women and children, a half a year's wage to take care of this, and they have nothing. And so Philip is completely stumped. He's completely dumbfounded. But then in verse 8, it says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says, There's a boy here, and he has five barley loaves and two small fishes. Now, Andrew, is a, he's a cool guy. Andrew, uh, there's three different times in the Gospel of John where Andrew is bringing someone to Jesus. In John chapter 1, he brought his brother, Peter, who's probably the more well-known brother. Andrew brings Peter to Jesus. Here he brings a little boy to Jesus. In John chapter 10, he brings a bunch of Gentiles or Greeks to Jesus. So Andrew, man, he's just a connector, right? He's someone who's always trying to connect people to Jesus. And so he finds this little boy who has his lunch. 
And I heard a title to this one time, someone preached a sermon, it was called The Little Lunch That Fed a Bunch, all right? So he has five barley loaves. Now, first of all, let's break that down. Barley loaves were pretty, um, pretty insignificant. Barley was about one third the value of wheat. In Revelation chapter six and verse six, it compares barley to about a third of the value of wheat. A lot of people believe barley really wasn't even fit for human consumption. It was better to be thrown to the animals. So here he is, he's got five little loaves of bread, of barley, which tells us probably a very poor kid, not too much going on. And then it says he has two small fishes. Now the fish here, the word used for fish, is not the typical word for a regular size fish. It's kind of the idea we would think of maybe as a minnow or a sardine or something, like a garnishing that would be used. So here this boy has a couple of sardines, he's got five barley loaves, and that's literally all they have. Talk about inadequacy. You feel inadequate about yourself? You feel inadequate about what you have? Man, this is the uh, definition of inadequacy right here. And then question is asked, he said he's got this, but then he says this, what are these among so many? Now take that statement and connect it back to Jesus knew what he would do. So Jesus knew what he would do with five small loaves, two fishes, and he knew that his disciples would see that as totally not enough. What are these among so many? Verse 10, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. And it says there was much grass in that place, which at first you're like, what is the, why even give us that detail? I just think it's a beautiful connection to Psalm 23 says, the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Here we have the, the good shepherd of the sheep. Man, just shepherding his flock by the green grass and sitting them down. And he's about to feed their body, but he's also going to nourish their soul. It says, the men sit down in number about 5,000. And in verse 11, it says, and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sat down and likewise the fishes as much as they would. I love this. Nothing there but a couple of five loaves of bread, two small fishes, very inadequate to us, very insignificant. What are these among so many? But Jesus, the creator, the great God, the great shepherd of the sheep, doesn't see them as inadequate or insignificant to the point where he pauses to actually give God thanks for, for that. Giving God thanks for the inadequacy of these people. Giving God thanks for their insufficiency. And I believe Jesus saw more than five loaves and two small fishes. Jesus saw what they would become. Jesus saw what God would do with them and multiply them and how many would come to faith and the great um, growth that would take place in its disciples. And so think about this today. God sees you. He sees me. He sees our inadequacies. He sees our insufficiencies. But you know what? God sees beyond that to what they can become in his hands if we'll just give them to him, if we'll just yield to him. Man, God has so much he desires to do. And I love this as well. So ultimately, we know this miracle is about people coming to faith in Christ because John, that's what John's about, the gospel of belief, right? But when he does it, he doesn't just, he could have went one step further in this miracle. And he could have miraculously multiplied this and literally made it appear with a snap of a finger right there where everyone was sitting on, on a plate, right? 
But what does he do? He uses the means of his followers. He puts it into the hands of the disciples. He invites them really into this great miraculous work that he's accomplishing. Now we know after they eat, he he doesn't want to waste the fragments. And he says, verse 12, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing is lost. And when they gather up, after people had eaten as much as they wanted, they were filled. He gathers up the remains and it fills 12 baskets. And you got these 12 baskets of remains and you just see God's work of multiplying. So he does this tremendous miracle but he invites the disciples into the miracle with him. Man, what are they among so many? Man, they're a lot with Jesus. And so he gives it to the disciples to give it to the others. And as I said in the beginning, as much as this miracle was about Jesus bringing people to faith in himself as Savior and Lord, it's also about Jesus bringing faith and growth to his disciples. So when you look at your inadequacies, when I look at my inadequacies, when I look at our insufficiencies, when I look at our limitations, and I realize that, yeah, God wants to use us to get the gospel to others and to live on mission, but he also wants to do something in us as well. You see, God puts us in these places of inadequacy to bring us to a place of greater confidence and trust in him and what he could do. So look at this progression. Verse 6 He wanted to test them, but he knew what he would do. Verse 9, what are these among so many? Verse 12, gather up the fragments that nothing is lost. And in verse 14, they said, this is of a truth, the prophet that should come into the world. So Jesus begins this day with a plan. He uses this plan to really draw out the sense of inadequacy in his followers He uses that inadequacy to really show them the power of what he's able to accomplish. And in the end, man, their faith is strengthened and grown, and many people come to faith in Jesus Christ. So here's our application today. See, the Lord desires to use us and what we have to reach others, but he wants to grow us as well. And so often we hold um, back from the Lord as if he can't take ours and make it more but think about it. He's the creator. He's the one that made those that bread and fish in the first place. And why can't he do more with what we have when he created it in the first place? So instead of us holding back from God, instead of us keeping our eyes on our inability and our inadequacy, man, why don't we put those things that seem so inadequate into the hands of God and see what he can do with them? So the word for today is this. Trust God with what you have and he will turn it into what you could have never imagined. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.